With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10-year anniversary of his firm, TedHart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted. And good afternoon. We are live here on the Nonprofit Coach, coming to you from the nation's capital. Uh, We've got a terrific show for you today. It is... Tuesday, March 22nd, and as always, we start the Nonprofit Coach with Page One News. As always here on the Nonprofit Coach, you will have the opportunity to call in and ask questions of our page two expert, and I am absolutely thrilled today to have Steve McLaughlin, who is not only one of the smartest guys on the Internet uh, today, but he is Director of Internet Solutions at BlackBot. He will be live here on the Nonprofit Coach, and you'll be able to call in at 347 324 3080. You can also email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. And you can join us over in the chat room. And I see that people are starting to arrive uh, over in the chat room today, so you can ask questions there as well. First up here on the uh, Nonprofit Coach, uh, we've got the radio links that you'll be able to find at tedhartradio.com. The first thing that uh, I want to draw your attention to uh, today here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, is a webinar that we're going to uh, be participating in on April 6th. Uh, and this is a uh, social media fundraising, e-governance, and more highlights. And this is directly related to uh, our new book, Internet Management for Nonprofits. And I'm really thrilled to uh, have one of the uh, authors from that book and a co-host uh, of this upcoming webinar, uh, Dottie Schillinger, who is uh, here with us live uh, on the Nonprofit Coach to talk about this webinar and tell everybody how they can register. Now, you'll find a link to this webinar, uh, which is free, and you can register at tedhartradio.com. Just click on the radio links. Uh, Dottie, thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Thanks so much for having me, Ted. It's my great pleasure to be back. It's always wonderful to uh, join you on the Nonprofit Coach. Um, and, uh, well, Dottie, you always do a great job here on the Nonprofit <laughs> Coach. When uh, you were uh, on the last time, one of the uh, highest-rated uh, podcasts and radio shows that we've had, you were fantastic as a guest. And now you've come up with this idea of giving people an opportunity to delve into some of these topics by hosting a webinar. So tell us all about it. And again, I'll just remind all of our listeners that they can go to tedhartradio.com, click on the radio links, and they'll find a direct link for registration today. So Dottie, tell us all about the plans. 
That's great. Um, so we're really excited that we're going to be co-presenting with you. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the ways that technology are being used by nonprofit organizations to really increase their effectiveness um, and enhance their potential. And so we're going to be talking about different ways that social media avenues are being used specifically in fundraising contexts to help build organizational capacity and sustainability. And then we're going to transition to talk about the ways online tools are being used by boards of directors to also impact the organization's effectiveness in, in, from a governance standpoint. Um, so this is going to be really exciting, and it's going to provide highlights from the book um, called Internet Management for Nonprofits that we were so proud to be a part of. And so that session is coming up on Wednesday, April 6th. It's going to be from 2 to 3.30 in the afternoon Eastern time. Uh, registration is free, and everyone is welcome to attend. I would say in terms of who should attend, the webinar is probably best for those who work in either fundraising roles or executive roles or are volunteers on board boards of directors, but really anyone who has any type of affiliation with the nonprofit sector is more than welcome to attend, and I think we'll find quite a bit of value in the session. Well, and Dottie, we're uh, big fans of what we call team learning, and so we do encourage uh, all of our listeners today to uh, register themselves, but to also bring along uh, one of their board chairs uh, or one of their top volunteers uh, so that there's a couple of people within their organization that's learning from uh, this particular webinar. So uh, we do encourage everyone to go to the radio links today at tedheartradio.com and click on the information link that we have there uh, for registration. As you said, that this is a complimentary uh, webinar that uh, your firm is uh, hosting and will be uh, participating in, so we uh, do encourage our listeners to uh, get registered early before all the slots fill up. Absolutely, and um, the, the registration is somewhat limited, so please do make sure to register right away if you're interested. And also, um, if you do want to attend with a guest, please feel free to have them register as well. Um, you can each get your own links to the webinar session. You're also welcome to you know, perhaps sit together in a room and project it up on a screen. Again, since it's a free webinar, we hope that as many people as possible will participate. And so you can find that information on the radio links, as Ted mentioned. You also can find it on our website at boardeffect.com, so either place, and you'll get the information on how to register, and please feel free to do so. We hope that you'll join us. Great. Dottie, thank you again for your support of our education efforts here and uh, your participation in writing the book, Internet Management for Nonprofits, and now we'll bring that alive uh, in April for this webinar. So thank you again for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach, Dottie Schillinger. Thank you so much, Ted. It's always a great pleasure. Have a great day. Terrific. Um, next up here on the radio links, you'll find, uh, as you know, we're very passionate about the environment here on the Nonprofit Coach, and we want to draw your attention to the fact that in just four days and five and a half hours, uh, there will be Earth Hour 2011. So at 8.30 p.m., wherever you are locally uh, on the planet on Saturday, March 26th, uh, we do want to draw your attention to please switch off your lights around the globe for Earth Hour. Uh, people will commit to actions that go beyond the hour as well. And at the radio links today at tedhartradio.com, you will find a link to earthhour.org. And we do encourage you uh, to go and learn about how you can expand beyond just the hour. And uh, with that in mind, we do have a little bit of an information uh, piece here for you, so take a listen. One person has the power to make change. But when we all come together, we can change the world. It starts on March 26th when we turn off our lights for Earth Hour and send a powerful message of hope. Now imagine what we could achieve if we go beyond the hour. If we all take action in our daily lives, we can make our world a better place. Together our actions add up. On March 26, turn off your lights for Earth Hour. All 
all of us here at the Nonprofit Coach are pledging today to participate in Earth Hour 2011. That's 8.30 p.m. this Saturday. Please mark your calendars and plan to turn off your electronic lights and uh, appliances. Uh, turn off your BlackBerry and your iPhones. Uh, do some reading, maybe by candlelight, or just have some friends over for a bottle of wine. But uh, there's a great way for you to support sending a message uh, which is part of Earth Hour. Next up here on the radio links at tedhartradio.com, you will find uh, a link today uh, to another opportunity for uh, training. Uh, and uh, what we want to draw your attention to now uh, is uh, Digital Leap 2011. This is going to be uh, in Toronto. It's going to be uh, just after the webinar uh, that was just announced uh, by uh, uh, Dottie Sillinger. Uh, and we're going to be up there in Toronto. I will be there live on April 12th. And so we want to draw your attention to digitalleap.org. Uh, and I think if I've uh, got my switchboard right here, uh, I think I have the opportunity to introduce you today to a very special person uh, who is also planning to join us in Toronto. Uh, do I have live here on the radio uh, today Daryl McMillan? Hey, Ted. Daryl, are you with us? It is, yes. Hi, can you hear me? Daryl McMullen is the general manager of PayPal Canada, and we are absolutely thrilled to have PayPal involved uh, as a sponsor and a presenter as a member of our faculty for Digital Leap 2011. And I'm thrilled to have you here on the uh, uh, Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart today to tell us why did PayPal decide to get involved and why does PayPal care about nonprofit use of the Internet? Yeah, well, uh, it's certainly great to be a part of uh, the Digital Leap Conference, and great to talk to you about it here today. Um, why is PayPal interested? Well, um, there's a couple different reasons. If you think of PayPal uh, as a business, really what we're about is about breaking down a lot of the barriers that have made it challenging for people and businesses, including nonprofits, to be able to send and receive money electronically. Um, PayPal has always been a faster and easier way to, um, to be able to send money for consumers, uh, the ability to transact without ever having to share your financial information, being able to pay not only with credit cards but with bank accounts, or maybe you've got some cash sitting in your PayPal balance, um, which many people do. So, uh, And we obviously know the popularity of PayPal globally, um, not only in, in North America and Canada and the U.S., but around the world as well. So being able to accept donations from, from people around the world um, gives it a lot of advantages from a consumer standpoint, being able to get tap into that consumer confidence and being able to do a transaction online um, by enabling PayPal as an option for nonprofits. Um, nonprofits is very confusing to get started in an electronic standpoint as well. So we make it very turnkey from a technology standpoint. Whether you're um, you know have a simple web form and you want a, a donation button on your site very quickly, or we work very closely with a lot of the nonprofit technology companies and platforms that make it turnkey for nonprofits to get started online, and they integrate PayPal and our PayPal checkout flows within their system. So a nonprofit can be up and running literally within uh, minutes or within hours, depending on their e-commerce platform. Well, and, and Daryl, it means so much to us to have uh, companies like yours involved with Digital Leap. Our page two expert today uh, is Steve McLaughlin, who's going to be speaking about online giving in the Blackboard Online Giving Report. Uh, and they are also sponsors of Digital Leap, um, which is becoming uh, fast one of the most important digital conferences in Canada. Uh, and for a long time here on the Nonprofit Coach, we have been promoting for our listeners that PayPal should be one of those additional options uh, that are available on their website because we do believe that those who have a PayPal account find it very easy and convenient to make donations using PayPal. So having your involvement, and of course I personally look forward to getting a chance to meet you, Daryl, uh, in Toronto on April 12th. Yep, looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach today and helping us promote uh, Digital Leap 2011. Again, you can register today at digitalleap.org. Daryl McMullen, General Manager, PayPal Canada, thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach today. Great. Thank you for having me, and see you at Digital Leap. I'll see you there. Take care. 
Next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, uh, I do have uh, the pleasure of bringing a good friend of mine uh, into uh, uh, here onto the show uh, who has agreed to be our eyes and ears to the AFP Conference. Uh, the AFP International Conference uh, is going on in Chicago right now. Uh, due to my travel schedule, I was not able to uh, be there, but it doesn't mean that we can't be live from the floor of the AFP International Conference with the assistance of Alice Ferris A. CFRE. Alice, are you here live on the Nonprofit Coach with us? Thank you for having me, Ted. Can you hear me? I can. I can. You're live here on the show. Alice, thank you so much. This is a momentous uh, year in that uh, we have, uh, for the first time in many years, a transition in CEOs uh, for AFP. And I also heard uh, yesterday you had uh, a queen uh, speaking. So <laughs> tell us what's been going on in Chicago at the AFP International Conference. Well, we definitely have quite the large group of professional fundraisers here, and we still miss you, Ted, so uh, sorry you couldn't be with us. And uh, we have, I believe, over 4,000 attendees for this year's conference, and one of the highlights of the conference was indeed Queen Latifah yesterday who spoke uh, to the plenary session. And it was very funny because at one point she called out Andrew Watts, who will be our new president and CEO for AFP starting um, tomorrow, actually. <laughs> and she said, okay, Andrew, Paulette, the sister has raised the bar, and uh, you're going to have to uh, step up here, dude. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew well, and of course, uh, Paulette has uh, been the CEO for uh, uh, many, many years and yes. uh, has done a lot to advance the cause uh, of our profession. Uh, and uh, so with this transition, I think uh, most of us are really thrilled to see Andrew come on board. He's very, very well qualified. Uh, I have been following along uh, with uh, many people uh, using Twitter at hashtag AFPMeet, uh, and I see a lot of different kinds of sessions going on. What's the energy like on the floor at AFP this year? It's been really exciting, and uh, one of the things that they did for this year's conference is condense some of the days, condense the schedule a little bit to try to squeeze in as many professional sessions as possible. I believe we have 170 professional training opportunities for people at this conference, and so people are just running from session to session and getting really re-energized with the type of information that's being provided at this conference. They arranged it as a, with themes for every day. So one of the things that the, the presenters were instructed to do was to fit in with the theme. So, for instance, today's theme is the future of philanthropy. And so many of us were instructed to give tools for how people can immediately put into practice how to improve their philanthropic efforts into the future. So it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of energy going on. And there's people already lining up to hear President Bill Clinton speak this afternoon. Yeah, that, that's certainly going to be a highlight uh, for today, and, and I think they've uh, they've timed things very very well. That does seem to to me to be um, really something that's setting this year apart, maybe from from some other years, uh, is this this uh, focus on re-energizing uh, the fundraising base. And do you think that uh, that has a lot to do with the fact that we've gone through a couple of year down years in fundraising, and it's perhaps been a particularly stressful time for the profession? Oh, definitely. And I think that's one of the things that has been really present with this year's conference is just the overall feeling of optimism that maybe I didn't get from the conference the last couple of years. But this year, people seem to be really excited about the tools that they're getting and really excited about where their nonprofits are going in the next year or two. Because as you just said, we've had some really difficult years, and I think it's an indication that we have had a very high level of attendance here at this conference. And plus, an incredible number of first-time conference attendees. So that's been really exciting, too, to meet people who are experiencing this for the first time and are bringing fresh eyes to the conference and saying how much they appreciate this. Well, Alice, you, of course, have been uh, a longstanding leader in our profession. I don't want to let you go before uh, you give us an opportunity to know uh, where can people find you online. Tell us a little bit about your firm, because I know that you're one of our uh, premier consultants in, uh, in fundraising, and, of course, that's one of the reasons why you are uh, designated as an advanced certified fundraising executive. Tell us uh, just very quickly a little bit about your firm. Well, thank you, Ted. Uh, my company is Goldbusters Consulting, and uh, we're online at www.goldbusters.net, and that's goal like a soccer goal. And actually, it's funny when you do a Google search, search for us, sometimes soccer teams will come up. <laughs> but it's goldbusters.net. <laughs> we, we deal primarily with smaller shops, 
And we do a lot of strategic planning and development planning, but one of the things that we can bring to the table is that we actually do implementation as well. Because we know there's a lot of grassroots nonprofit organizations out there that don't have the ability to take those well-crafted plans that people put together for them and actually make them happen. And so we give them an opportunity to potentially outsource some of those functions to us. So that's a lot of what we do in addition to a lot of education and training. And, of course, that's so important. And, Alice, I can't thank you enough for uh, being our live correspondent uh, on the floor of the AFP International Conference uh, in Chicago. Thank you so much uh, for all of your tweets and uh, for all the education that uh, uh, you're helping to promote in, uh, in Chicago. And, of course, uh, all of us appreciate the wonderful work that you're doing uh, with uh, Goalbusters. So, Alice Ferris, ACFRE, live from the AFP Conference in Chicago. Thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you, Ted. Next up here on uh, The Nonprofit Coach, preparing for our page two expert, uh, just to draw your attention to one of the links over the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Don't forget that you can call in today and you can ask a live question of Steve McLaughlin, who will be our page two expert today, by dialing 347 3243080. Now don't forget you need to raise your hand uh, on the switchboard by typing in number 1 on your keypad and that way we will know that you do want to ask a question uh, when we see you on the switchboard. Uh, next up here on uh, the nonprofit coach is an article that we want to draw your attention to that dovetails right into the work that uh, Steve McLaughlin is doing and that comes to us from the nonprofit times and and that says that online giving is growing. We're going to hear this uh, from Steve McLaughlin today. We're going to get all of the details uh, today in terms of the kinds of insights uh, that uh, his firm, Blackboard, is bringing to the nonprofit sector. But in this uh, article uh, today specifically, one of the things that I found very, very interesting is that 88% of nonprofits that saw fundraising increase in 2010 had part of their message or part of their, their strategy uh, being that of online technology. And the advocates on file uh, increased by 20% with 6.42% coming from donors compared to a lower number the year before. So story after story after story, what we're seeing is a transition in the nonprofit sector. Not only are we transitioning out of a recession, uh, two back-to-back -back down years for fundraising overall, but increases in each of those years by online fundraising. But I do think a transformation from what used to be an interesting idea of maybe I would try online to now becoming a core competency that successful nonprofits must have if they're going to succeed. With that in mind, it is now time to head on over uh, to page two and learn from our page two expert. Lots of roads lead to Steve McLaughlin as the Director of Internet Solutions at BlackBot. Steve has been a leader uh, in the nonprofit sector for a very long time and has been a colleague of mine in education, training, and professional services to the nonprofit sector. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, Steve McLaughlin. It's great to be here, Ted. I appreciate you having me on today's show. Steve, you are here today not only as an expert in online fundraising, but bringing to us a very important message uh, that comes uh, directly from uh, the most recent online giving report from BlackBot. Let's start off by telling us a little bit about you and the practice that you lead at BlackBot, and then we want to get right into this report. Sure. So um, uh, at BlackBot, I'm the Director of Internet Solutions, and uh, I'm ultimately responsible for meeting the needs of over 5,000 nonprofits um, and their online fundraising, peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, email advocacy needs uh, across uh, 70, 72 countries around the globe. So uh, lots of exciting things happening here. 
Now, a lot of what's in this report, the 2010 online giving report, uh, which is available in the radio links uh, today, uh, so folks can download a copy uh, of, uh, of your report. But specifically, one of the, the, the most important things that are a takeaway from this are the trends. And of course, Blackboard has this global perspective and has deep roots uh, in North America. So let's start off with some of the high-level trends that you're seeing. Uh, what might surprise people in some of the trends that you're seeing? A couple of interesting things. Um, we spent a lot of time doing the analysis to create the report. Um, we have a vast amount of data and information that we have access to, and, and really a goal was to try and point out what was relevant, what was important for nonprofits to understand. So, so a couple of things in the report stand out. One thing is um, overall, online giving grew 35% in 2010 on a year-over-year -year basis. And that's um, when we look at 24 months of online giving data of 2009 compared to 2010. And literally it is, how did, how did these 1,800 organizations do in 2009, and how did they do in 2010, as opposed to just counting up dollars, you know? So a much more scientifically, uh, you know, accurate approach to looking at things. And when you look at that trend, you find 35% year-over-year growth, compared to um, about 6% growth in overall fundraising um, for all of 2010. So certainly online continues to, to drive results. Another thing that came out of the analysis was because we have the ability to look at both online fundraising and total fundraising for nonprofit organizations, we did some analysis to understand how much of total fundraising comes from online. Certainly it's something that's been growing for a number of years. And what we found in the analysis was that now about 7.6% of total fundraising comes from online. And certainly that's grown from, you know, half a percent 10 or 12 years ago to now, um, you know, almost 8%, which is a significant amount. Um, and we would expect that to grow over time and become a much more important aspect of, of how uh, charities raise money. That's significant because this is one of the largest percentage of growth in online. We're certainly seeing the trend in the figures that we track as well. Um, and uh, this is one of the largest increases year over year that, that we have, have seen in many years. What, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think what the data tells us is that Haiti had a huge impact on online giving in 2010. In fact, we devote a portion of the, of the study to just talking about online disaster giving. And um, when you look at the analysis, some things happened that had never happened before. So traditionally, um, the largest month of online giving throughout the year is December, and that's been true for years and years and years when we look back at the data. And for the first time in 2010, January was the largest online giving month, and that's almost completely attributable to the Haiti earthquake. Um, we also, when we look at trends in terms of sectors of the nonprofit world and, and who was growing the most, international affairs um, organizations grew over 130 percent in 2010, and again, that would be almost directly attributable to Haiti. Um, Another thing that's, that's interesting to note is, and, and something that we've been talking about with nonprofits after the, the Japanese earthquake that, uh, that just happened, is that a lot of this online giving in response to um, international disasters happens in a very short period of time, um, that that giving peaks over three to five days. And so it's very important for, for organizations that, that serve that sector of the nonprofit world that have missions devoted to that type of activity that online is really become the first channel of choice for donors. They will go to online. They will go to mobile prior to um, traditional channels, such as direct mail, telephone, um, that type of, of fundraising efforts. And certainly that's being reflected in the data that we saw in 2010 and even some of the data that we've already looked at in 2011 in response to the uh, Japanese earthquake. Yeah, and I, th I think that that is significant. One of the things that y you and I both hear uh, from nonprofits around the world is, well, that's fine if I'm the American Red Cross, that's fine if I'm a, a big relief agency, but can I actually raise money online with this dramatic increase that we've seen uh, in the last year, really a sea change in the use of uh, Internet technology and uh, digital fundraising. Um, 
how deep is this into the nonprofit sector, or is this a pretty thin market? It's a really good good point you make there. Um, when we looked at the analysis, we wanted to make sure that we were showing sort of not only overall trends, but also giving some some trend information that would allow nonprofits to benchmark. And so in the report, we we um, we report on data in a couple of different ways. One is we do a breakdown of the data by size of organization, which I think is really important because there's there is sort of that perception that if you're not a really large organization, does online work for you? And the reality is, yes, it does. So we look at small, medium, and large organizations. So small organizations we classify as organizations with less than one million in total fundraising revenue. Medium organizations would be organizations between one and ten million in total revenue, and large organizations uh, over $10 million in total um, fundraising revenue. And as it turns out, there's a lot of similarities um, in terms of how organizations um, behave, but both small, medium, and large organizations have been successful online. In 2010, small organizations grew 22% year over year. That's pretty good growth rate, right? I mean, that shows that they are adopting these technologies, that it is working for them, and it's being successful. Um, you know, and even when you look at you know the percentage of total fundraising that comes from online, small, medium, and large organizations are all now right around the same amount. Small organizations raise about 7.5% of total fundraising from online. Medium-sized organizations, 7.6%, and large organizations, 7.7%. So they're all, you know, sort of raising certain amounts, and it proves that, once again, you know, the online channel can be the great equalizer. You know, you don't have to have all the infrastructure. You don't have to have the millions and millions of people on the mailing list. You can be successful online, and, in fact, we see a lot of good results with, with um, different sizes of organizations. Yeah, and, and that's certainly the, the trend line that, that we're seeing as well, and I think it's significant for our listeners uh, today. Uh, as you know, Steve, we, uh, we track online giving and do make an estimate uh, each year, and that this last year, uh, the, the figures were available, 2009, uh, showed a 5.7% increase uh, in online giving in a year that giving fell 3.6%. And at that point, online giving was trending at about a 5% uh, level. And now we are seeing a dramatic shift uh, in uh, donations coming in online. And, and while we don't have uh, the estimates or figures out, we're seeing the same numbers that you are from uh, almost every sector that we're looking at. And it does seem to be a pretty deep change in the nonprofit sector. So what does that mean uh, for all of our listeners, regardless of size, uh, in terms of their strategy going forward to the next year? I, mean, I think in general, something that that we recommend to organizations is that they have a, a diversified fundraising strategy that includes um, online and offline channels for people to give as opposed to just being very focused in one particular area. I think um, that's certainly a lesson that nonprofits learned during the recession, that the more they were sort of maybe – too heavily allocated in direct marketing or phone or annual fund or major gifts, um, they may have had a, a bigger impact on that organization. So certainly online is one way to diversify um, their fundraising sources. And the reality is, um, you know, we're, we're no longer talking about is, you know, is online giving a fad? Will people use it? We're, we're past that discussion point. Now it's how is your organization performing compared to peers? And the great thing about the, the the report is it gives you the ability to start doing some of your own benchmarking, you know, to get a sense for, you know, we're a medium-sized organization. How are we doing compared to our peers? Or we're an arts and cultural institution, and we want to know how do we perform compared to other arts and cultural organizations. So our focus now is not trying to convince the world that online giving is a great thing because it's here to stay and it's only going to continue to grow. But now – how are you performing? What are the results that you're getting? And, and having some benchmarking tools can be really helpful to get a sense for, you know, how are we performing? Where can we improve? But also help internally with budgeting and other areas where, hey, we're, we're underperforming or we're doing a really good job. Imagine if we could get to where some of these peer institutions were online. 
And this is where things are really, really changing because you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, as you and I uh, were actively involved in uh, the E. Philanthropy Foundation, and now as, as uh, a couple of new books have come out, and, and of course you're uh, thankfully very involved with uh, the uh, Internet Management for Nonprofits uh, book, and before that, uh, Blackbaud uh, had a strong presence in people-to-people fundraising. And this is really where the heart and soul of online fundraising is right now. It's in that people-to-people interactions, the ability for people to inspire others to give. So it's not all about the charity. So in in the numbers that you're seeing and the dramatic change in the online giving uh, marketplace, to what extent do you believe the future is uh, connected to this social aspect of the use of the internet it's a it's a great question um, when we look at the combination of social and fundraising and and we've done some research on that subject to, to look and to see what happens um, one area that we have found that social plus fundraising gets positive results for nonprofits is with peer-to-peer fundraising so the walkathon marathon type of events that people who are fundraising on behalf of an organization, um, when they use social media such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, their results in terms of fundraising, awareness, and, and, and building momentum around the event is definitely in, in, improved to the positive by using social media. So that's an area that we find with, with large event customers, which you know we work with, with a lot, they are getting success of, of using social. Because that, that, it is really that, that person-to-person, people-to-people type of fundraising. Um, now, when you look at social and, and fundraising from an organizational standpoint, still we're not quite there yet. Um, there was a study that uh, we put out last week with N10 and Common Knowledge where we did a survey of about 11,000 professionals in the nonprofit world and asked them a lot of questions about um, social media usage and fundraising. And the vast majority of organizations said they were raising less than $1,000 online. I think it was 0.5% was raising over $100,000 um, through places like Facebook. So from an organizational standpoint, I, I think you'd be better focused on using social for friend-raising and not fundraising, but absolutely with peer-to-peer, friends-asking-friends types of events, we have seen success, um, success using social and fundraising together, which is a positive sign. Absolutely. As, as uh, listeners have heard me say several times, it is not a true statement to say I Facebook, therefore I fundraise. It's not to say that Facebook is not important, uh, but as we've pointed out on this show uh, many times, the uh, the way that you progress towards uh, use of social media, we believe, is first of all to develop a well-designed website that represents you well with unique content about your organization. We believe second uh, in the lineup is a strong, what we call a guide star strategy, and making sure that you are leveraging high net worth individuals, foundations, and corporations. Next in the realm of social media would be LinkedIn. Again, high net worth individuals, uh, foundations, and corporations, and then looking at the world of Facebook and Jumo as you're integrating that into offline. So what you're saying is very much what we're seeing and what we're telling our listeners uh, is that social media is important, but only to the extent that you are leveraging the relationships that you've built offline to the vast uh, networks of people uh, who are online. It's not the charity itself simply out there doing all the asking on social media. And, and you make a good point about um, looking at high net worth individuals. Something else in the uh, the report, we looked at trends around significant online giving. And one of the things that we found was 88% of organizations had at least one online gift of $1,000 or more. And that's important because, you know, there is a perception, oh, it's, it's, it's younger donors, it's people who aren't giving in significant amounts. But actually, when you look at the data, that's not true. Um, and, and it's important to note that, you know, of, of those gifts of $1,000 or more, 41% were exactly $1,000, and 6% of those gifts were $5,000. So people are giving in significant amounts. Um, the largest online gift uh, amount that we saw in 2010 was $100,000, and we saw several of those. So, um, again, when you target donors and you use the online channel from a major gift cultivation perspective, um, people will donate in those significant amounts. Um, and it's something that nonprofits need to be aware of, and it's a bit of a myth that has to be busted. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's not, not to say that every one of our listeners should rush out there feeling like, oh, my God, I'm going to get a $100,000 gift online. Just like offline, those things happen because of relationships. Those things happen because the time has been taken. But it is the unique aspect of the Internet that it adds that level of efficiency, effectiveness, and direct response uh, so that someone who wants to make that kind of gift is able to make that kind of gift, has the ability to do it for your organization. But it's not uh, something where people are just lurking around the Internet uh, looking for places to leave large gifts. That, that's not what you're seeing. It's not what we're seeing. I mean, I think it's just it's the byproduct of organizations having very effective major gift programs and that when people choose to engage, they may not always write a check or show up or, you know, call in that it may, in fact, come through online. Um, this morning I saw on Twitter from the AFP conference someone said, uh, major gifts is not microwave work, it's crockpot work, and I think that's still true. All those things that we tell people they need to do, cultivate relationships steward donors, build those relationships uh, over time. That's still true for online. Just because of the Internet doesn't make it it's different. In fact, when we look at data, retention and stewardship are critical to retaining those online donors, even more so than potentially offline donors. So all the, all the rules apply for the Internet. Um, it may happen faster. It may happen in different places, but all those rules apply, and it's important for, for nonprofits to, to stick to those things. No, I, I, I could not agree with you more. What are um, when when we come back uh, from our break here, um, Steve? What I want to ask you to do um, is to, with this dramatic increase uh, in the uh, online giving and what appears to be a deepening of the strategy for uh, fundraising for charitable organizations, what I want to ask you to do when we come back is to tell our listeners what are some of those key strategies that you are finding. In and your research are actually building the base as opposed to just one-off asks. So with sure. that, we're going to uh, now take a break uh, and share with you some important information from one of the sponsors of The Nonprofit Coach. Now here uh, with we've got our uh, show sponsor today, and we want to thank the good folks at Pesci Law and Accounting. Uh, the folks uh, are putting on a webinar that they've asked me to be part of, and you'll find over in the radio links today at tedhartradio.com and a special invitation uh, over in the p2pfundraising.org newsletter. And this is a very important topic that I often get asked to present on and have not done very many webinars. This is something that uh, I've done at conferences and I've done for private clients, and that's building a powerful board that can fundraise webinar. This is going to take place on Monday, May 2nd at 1 p.m. Central Time, and you can go to the radio links today or you can go to p2pfundraising.org, click on the archives for the newsletter, and you will find the link to pesilaw.com, and that's P-E-S-I-Law.com. Now, what we're going to be uh, uh, participating in I'm very, very excited to be the presenter for uh, this particular webinar, and I am going to be sharing, and uh, very much tied to our topic today, management of fundraising online using the Internet, accountability for nonprofits, performance management using online tools, saving money, adding efficiency using the Internet, and the real heart and soul of any charitable organization is a well-run, well-managed uh, board of directors that is involved with uh, and is helping control uh, the future of the organization through a successful fundraising program. So we're very, very excited to have as a show sponsor today the good folks at Pesci Law and Accounting and very thankful of their involvement with our group here to host on May 2nd the building of a powerful board that can fundraise webinar. So now we're going to head back to the show. So, Steve, uh, back up from the, the, the break here, um, help us understand what are the strategies that, that you're seeing uh, in your research are actually paying off for charities of all different sizes. 
I think there's a couple of things, but but in general, something that all successful organizations have in common when they're doing online fundraising is that they are very audience and people focused with regard to their their approach and their strategy to doing things. Um, and what I mean by that is, as opposed to saying, hey, well, we have a donation form, we're done, we can move on to other things. They recognize the fact that they they have to target certain audiences and that the giving options that they present to them need to be different, that the email communication that they present to them needs to be different. And you can't sort of treat everyone um, as the same, sort of good old-fashioned segmentation and, and tailoring the message. And so that's important for online giving because, for example, if you were, let's say, an audience that you were going after were lapsed donors, people who gave last year but not this year, and you want to be able to sort of re-engage with them um, – the email message that you would send to them, the donation form, all those things would be different as composed, uh, compared to an existing donor or an existing member that maybe you were trying to get them to renew a membership. And so I think it's really important to, to understand that start with the audience piece. Don't start with the technology and what buttons need to go on the page. Start with who are the people that you're trying to target and what's the outcome that you're trying to drive from those individuals. For lapsed donors, it's renew them. And and it's always good to set a goal. Like if we could renew 20% of lapsed donors, what would that mean to the organization? Um, focus in on doing those types of things. And again, I think what you would find is that um, the successful organizations online also do um, a, a fair amount of testing, right? That they don't just put something out there and let it run and just assume everything is okay. Everything from testing ask ladders to testing um, what does the confirmation screen look like, um, a lot of testing over time to learn from what happens when we change things about the giving experience. Um, so there's a lot of work being done by organizations where you know, simplifying that donation form, um, uh, eliminating fields or eliminating required fields because you want to make that, that giving experience as straightforward and easy as possible for a donor. And certainly a lot of work's been done in research with regard to multi-step donation forms versus single-step donation forms. Um, but that's what, what effective organizations do is they identify who are they targeting, what are the goals and objectives, and they do a lot of testing, right, because it's not all perfect. Um, you know, what may work for uh, uh, an arts and cultural organization may not be the same for an environmental organization. You've got to test to define the differences. Yeah, and Steve, it's one of the things that I've uh, always really appreciated about your professionalism and your approach uh, to this industry uh, is that you're not out there saying, hey, just buy our products, hey, just do this, uh, and uh, the money's going to come flowing in. You're someone who really understands both the art and the science of fundraising, and this is uh, a, a strategy that takes time because it's built on relationships, and there's nothing uh, quick about raising money online. It is part of an integrated strategy, and I really appreciate the emphasis that you're putting on research because a good fundraiser knows that is a big part of your strategy offline, and when you're moving into this on, new online uh, uh, sector and you don't really understand it, you kind of want the rules to be different. You kind of want to tell yourself that things are going to uh, not be understandable in offline terms, but Steve, it really does work a lot like offline when you're talking about relationships and a lot of the instincts that our listeners have in terms of what works offline are going to serve them well in the online world. Is that not true? It's true. I mean, the, the Internet is just the channel by which someone makes a gift or engages with a nonprofit. But ultimately, all those human factors are still there, right? The technology isn't a replacement for that. And so, you know, you know, when we do research and we look into the importance of stewardship, right? Stewardship is important no matter how the gift is made. Yet I think some nonprofits think, well, because it's online, it's different and we don't need to do things that way. And in fact, it's the opposite. It's it's more important because maybe the online gift was um, very episodic, right? It was related to something they saw at the spur of the moment, not because they got a direct mail piece or they're they're intimately involved with the organization. So following up is really important. And certainly another trend that we're seeing more of is the use of multi-channel communication, that it's that combination of online and offline channels that work really effectively. You know, For example, one of the things um, that, that online folks sort of don't always think about but actually works is when you use online giving in combination with the telephone, 
the the results are amazing. Um, every time we've done this type of testing with organizations, so if you say, for example, every time every donor who makes an online gift within 48 hours, we're going to do a follow up phone call just to steward them and say, we saw that you made an online gift to us, and it's the first time you've ever made an online gift to us. We'd just like to know, you know, how did you hear about us? Um, why did you choose to make that gift? And, and just reinforcing them to, to thank them for making that gift. When when organizations do that very minimal amount of multi-channel, the the um, occurrence of second and third gifts in a calendar year period go astronomically through the roof. So you know the simple act of mixing those channels, which people may think is counterintuitive because shouldn't it all be on the internet? The reality is not. We're humans. We we like to work in a multi-channel world, and it's just going to get more blurry over time to the point where we don't think of the internet as this separate animal that sits off to the side, but really is a core part of how people communicate and interact. Steve, we're going to take just another real quick break, and when you come back, I do want you to delve into that integration strategy that you were talking about. Uh, in terms of right now, how much do you think donors really differentiate about the different kinds of giving vehicles that we use, or is it just giving now? So uh, we're going to take uh, a little bit of a, a break here and uh, give away a book. <laughs> going to uh, give away one of the green nonprofits uh, books here. We've had uh, a month-long promotion here with greennonprofits.org and the good support of Santa Fe Aventus, uh, who has been uh, helping that organization get their word out. And we're giving away today a copy of the Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. Of course, you can find that at greennonprofits.org. And how you can enter into the drawing uh, is by joining their newsletter and following the instructions in their newsletter on how you can enter into the drawing. Well, our winner today is Rod Malloy. Rod Malloy is the Chief Operations Officer at Mission Solano Rescue Mission uh, in Fairfield, California. So congratulations to Rod Malloy, an autographed copy of the Nonprofit Guide to Going Green, sponsored by Santa Fe Aventus on behalf of greennonprofits.org, is on its way to you. Now back to the show. back here and I wanted to delve into this uh, this notion of integration strategies because I, I think that so many, uh, and, and it could be you know a lot of board, board of directors and maybe fundraisers are starting to get the message, but we do sort of want this to be a single play. Just tell me where to get the emails, uh, how many people to connect with on Facebook, but is that really what works? That's really not what works, no. I mean, I, I think um, you know, there, there's a, a tendency to want to think there's a silver bullet um, to solve some of these problems, but you know silver bullets don't exist, and I guess werewolves don't either. And, and you know Facebook and and Twitter and all these types of things, they're, they're not magic bullets to solve these problems. Ultimately, you know what's my strategy? Who am I targeting? What's the outcome? And then then I'm picking what channel. I want to use, and I think uh, every time we, we talk about some of the, the more interesting research findings, I, I usually get skeptics in the room or, or wherever it happens to be who, who don't want to believe that the world is changing in these ways when it in fact is. You know, For example, when we look at online donors who switch to become offline donors, meaning uh, in one year they gave on the web and then in the subsequent year they gave offline. Um, you know, it's about 33% of donors, about 33% of donors will switch be from being an online donor to an offline donor. And this boggles people's minds because they think, well, well, aren't they Internet people and why would they possibly want to give offline? Well, it's because all of the stewardship type of activities, perhaps they attended an event, they got involved in the organization in a different way. As compared to direct mail donors, when we look at traditional direct mail donors, only about 3% of direct mail donors will switch to become an online donor. And again, I think that breaks down some of the myths and some of the walls that are up where people think everyone from direct mail is going to just give to online. Well, actually, it turns out they don't. It's more likely for an online donor 
to switch and, and give to more traditional channels. And again, that's why it's so important to make sure that your fundraising program is integrated, that you're looking across the different types of channels you're using, direct mail, direct marketing, phone, face-to-face, um, online, as opposed to just putting them in silos. And then the data proves out that you know organizations do a better job of retaining donors when they engage through multiple channels when they do those kinds of things. Steve, we have uh, an email question uh, that just came in, and uh, this is actually kind of fun. This is uh, uh, from Mary in Washington, D.C., and uh, she's having a little bit of fun today by reminding us of a quote uh, from uh, the Peanuts cartoon heroine Lucy Van Pelt. Uh, And uh, she said, uh, in all this world, there is no heavier burden than great potential. What do I tell my board members about online fundraising? So I, I appreciate the creativity of the question, Mary. Steve, how do we help her out? Well, I think a great place to start would be to look at, you know, where's your organization today? You know, how much of your giving is done online? And, and use the report to do some benchmarking. So, for example, you know, if you were a, a human services organization, well, our benchmarking data says that about 4.5% of total fundraising for human services organizations comes from online. Pretty quickly, you'd be able to look at your results from 2010 and say, am I below 4.5%? Am I above 4.5%? But I often find you know, boards are, are pretty reasonable people. We, we tend to recruit intelligent, well-reasoned people to our boards. And, and I'm sure if you came in and said, you know, we're at we're at two and a half percent, and the average for our peers is four and a half percent. We're sort of underperforming, but if we could get to four and a half percent, or if we could get to five percent, this is the type of of fundraising revenue it mean to the organization. I think that's a way in which you can help convince those in your organizations or those on your board that it's important. Use some of this industry data to sort of be um, be an ally for you to show if if we were performing at or above our peers, what would it mean to the organization? Because a lot of times they just they're, they're they're not reading these reports, they're not familiar with all these types of things. But you can use this information, um, you know, for for good and to help drive change within the organization. Because pretty quickly they would understand, wow, um, you know, it looks like you know everyone else is doing these types of things. Or in some cases, maybe you are outperforming the benchmark, and and that may help improve, you know, your request for funding or to try some things differently. Uh, I think having this information can be a really powerful um you know ally in your corner well that's a that's a great answer uh, for mary's uh question and i could not agree with you more and and i think some of delving into your answer i think for our listeners it's important to understand where does this fit in the overall uh strategy that you have because i i again i i find that a lot of fundraisers want things to be all or nothing, and, and uh, no, all fundraising is not moving online, but as uh, we've shared on the show today, Steve, the numbers are moving dramatically, and it is growing dramatically, which means, uh, I think, a couple, of, a couple of things. One is that donors are increasingly comfortable and even expecting to have the opportunity uh, to give online, but also uh, we're seeing a deepening of the use of fundraising within uh, the nonprofit sector, and it's important to understand, as you're saying, this benchmark of, you know, am bringing in four and a half percent well what also comes along with that is what kind of investment am I making uh, not only in my online activities this year uh, but am I building uh, the base for uh, for the future and our recommendation uh, is that nonprofits are allocating 10 to 15 percent of their fundraising budget towards building the assets of the future and fundraising today online uh, Steve it's hard to uh, believe that uh, most of our time is already gone so I do want to give you an opportunity to just uh, wrap up your comments today uh, with final insights into this very important new BlackBot report and the overall strategies that you've talked about today. Got a couple minutes. Sure. No, I appreciate it, Ted. I mean, uh, you know, having spent a lot of time looking at all this data and the information, a couple of things just come out that I think are important for nonprofits to understand that, that the growth of online giving continues to increase over time that even in you know recessionary or post-recessionary periods, we would expect that to continue, um, that it's going to become a bigger part of, of nonprofits and their ability to engage 
younger donors, but also donors of all ages who just want more options, more choice in their giving experience to nonprofits. I also think that a, a big transition now that's happening is um, moving from counting what's happening online to measuring what's happening online. And, and we all sort of learned how to count when we're kids, but it's a little bit different when you start to measure things. You know, how am I doing this year? How is that compared to last year? What would it mean to my organization if I was able to increase by 2% or 15% or 25% and, and measuring and, and using benchmarks in order to allow your organization um, to, to measure its performance and improve things over time is really important. And uh, it's a lot of things that I spend time um, talking about and researching about. Uh, I have a blog at nptrends.com where I publish research and reports and data and interesting stuff um, because I think it's really important for nonprofits to pay attention to this stuff because it's one way of knowing, you know, ultimately metrics tell you what's working and what's not. And I think that's really a valuable thing for nonprofits to pay attention to. Steve, thank you so much uh, to you and all the folks at uh, BlackBot. Thank you for your involvement uh, uh, with the uh, Internet Management for Nonprofits book. Thank you to BlackBot for sponsoring Digital Leap 2011, and we'll be up in uh, Toronto on April 12th with that. You've done an outstanding job today, and for our listeners, we will be adding to the radio links today at tedhartradio.com a link to nptrends.com. Uh, we'll be uh, uh, follow uh, Steve and the good work that, uh, that he posts there. Thank you for being our guest today. Wealth of knowledge and very practical advice uh, for all of our listeners. Steve McLaughlin, thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thanks, Ted. Really appreciate it. We will be back here uh, next week with a terrific show uh, for all of you, 12 noon Eastern next week at tedhartradio.com. Thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach have a great week. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.